This is the Metaphysical Connection, Paranormal News of the Week with Jason Cousineau, recorded for the week of December 22nd, 2018, and I'm your host, Eric Render King Fisk. This time, Jay and I talk about Alexa spying on us for Facebook and Amazon, a civilization that is three times older than the Egyptian pyramids that was found in Canada. A NASA scientist says experts may have been too quick to discount the possibility that alien UFOs have paid Earth a visit. And Mark Zuckerberg admits he allowed other platforms to spy on you and read your private messages. Plus, our mailbag. But before we get started, I want to remind you that you can support the show by visiting our Zazzle page, zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. Exactly 12.5% of every purchase goes to keeping this and other shows on the Fedora Chronicles network on the air. Coming in January, we will have our new line of Modern Fashion is Evil line of shirts, coffee mugs, and other swag. Zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. Or you can become a Patreon. Click our Patreon link on the Fedora Chronicles and Metaphysical Connection show pages. And for a mere dollar a month, you'll get early access to the podcasts, updates on what we're working on, and so much more. Thanks for all your support in advance, and thank you to our listeners who have already contributed. With that said, thanks for listening and enjoy the show. So we're going to just do the pre-show banter while we're recording right. because one of the things I got a comment if this is not part of our mailbag, but I got um, somebody had said that the, the, the banter between the two of us is actually the best part of the show where and, and the thing is, is that talking about the paranormal news and the conspiracy cover up stuff is just kind of like it's it's sort of like the. Um, it's the it's the banter delivery system, sort of. Whereas we just go off on. And somebody had said that it's like um, that puts a smile on their face all week. So I I don't know what to say about that. Well, it's because we're friends. Exactly. We're friends that enjoy talking to each other. So that comes through on the on the radio or pod. Yeah, on the pod. Terminology we should be using. <laughs> it's like whatever the radio, the pod, whatever, what, what, whatever. It comes across, and I, I, I think that that probably helps make it enjoyable. Yeah, we've known each other for like twenty fucking years. You realize that twenty years. Twenty. We've known each other. I, I've known you about as long as I've known my wife. So, and uh, it's it's craziness. Can and, I just say, I still tell people about your wedding. So wow! It's just a very beautiful wedding. It really was. The amazing thing is, is that that happened twenty years ago this May. Wow! This coming May, it'll be twenty years. That's that right there. That's a paranormal news story right there. Where you know <laughs> what the? Heck? I mean, man and woman married twenty years, still happy and in love. I know. I, I, I'm still in love with... The one thing that drives me crazy, and I know that she's... I know that... I And I got to be careful how I say this because I don't want to hurt Carol's feelings. I'm a huge coffee drinker. 
there are like if there are five things that people know about me just by listening to the podcast or following me on Twitter, Facebook, they know that I love to drink coffee. And not just any coffee. Good, great coffee. And and there's a science and an art to brewing coffee at home. And one of my favorite toys in the entire house, our coffee ninja, died. Where you push the button and nothing happens. Oh. And I and Carol had just said, "Well, we just we need to get another coffee maker," and she got one of those one of those coffee makers. It's not a Keurig. It's it's a different. It's the same idea, but from a different company. And they have it's these. Like in a cup, though. Huh? It's like in a cup kind of thing. It's in, yeah. You put the cup in. You hit the button, and it pours out the cup. And you got to put these little pods in the in the. And the thing is, it is like they and they send you a sample pack. And the, and the thing is, is that first thing in the morning, I do not need to be like squinting and looking sideways and trying to get the light just right to say, what is, and, and, and they're using like, a, is it Italian, Swedish, French? I don't know what it is. I, I, I just want, I just want a cup of coffee. I, I just want coffee flavored coffee. That's all I want. And it was just like it's too much for me to handle. It's I and the, but the one thing that she said that I think it's it she melted my heart. She said I want to get a new coffee maker, but it's got to be retro looking. I I, I got to have the retro looking coffee maker. It's got to be diesel punk. And I was just like I love this woman. This is one of the reasons why we're still together. <laughs> so, there you go. There you go. I mean that's it. Common interest right there, or at least she tolerates. Well, way, that's you know what? Somet- to be honest with you, yeah, go ahead. Sometimes she's more she's more she's a little bit more retro than I am. Really, really. Kind of kind of having a hard time believing that, but okay, I'll let it go. Uh, there, <laughs> Knowing the- Carol like I do, I'm not terribly surprised by that. But yeah, there, I, the- I can I can kind of see that there 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 are times when we go shopping for something and she'll say ah it's close enough but it's just it's not it's not retro enough i'm sorry i no no nice try though um so at those points do you kiss her or do you just kind of go yes i it depends depends on where we are in the mixed company or whatever (laughs) but we were just doing the math and it was 20 years this may this coming may um Uh And another thing that we're doing in two in, in 2019 on the entire website, the entire website, for 2019, is that we're going to, we're going to feature more vendors that are out there in the world that we need to su- support one way or another. And I think that like yeah. the, the the motto of 2019 is pay your vendor, you know. And I'm yeah. gonna actually I'm, I'm actually working on a rant and hopefully. Um, uh, Phoebe will put it up on the Steampunk Journal about why we need to do more to support our vendors. Oh yeah, I mean they're, they, they're going to go out of business if they don't have people supporting them. And I, I and one of the things that I know that this is going to be controversial. We need to stop buying used clothing and start focusing more on the people who are actually making um, modern uh, Those, current uh, clothes. With modern patterns and fabric, I mean, with, with the patterns and the designs from the jazz era, the jazz style yeah. era, 
and support those people because that's what's putting food on their tables. And that's what is helping them pay the mortgage or the rent or the other bills. The people who are actually making stuff from scratch. Those are the people I think we need to be supporting on. But that's that's a, that's a topic for another time because we have some – I think that we have some interesting topics. Um, yeah, we do. Yeah, and the thing is, and one of the things... I, I have to confess, I haven't read all of the articles. Okay. And just because of crap that my freaking laptop type for work, but... Yeah. Yeah. Well, everybody, everybody is going to be able to read these stories on our um, um, Metaphysical Connection show page. And I think what's... This is Metaphysical Connect... This is the Metaphysical Connection Paranormal News of the Week with Jay Cousineau for December 22nd, the week of December 22nd. Um, and I'm going to hit you with this one news item, and it's it's a variation on a theme that we've covered before, Jay. Um, Netflix, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Netflix Facebook and Spotify are getting the messaging, the private, the direct messaging um, information from Facebook. Let me just read the, the headline again. Yeah. Facebook admits that it allowed Netflix, Netflix and Spotify access to your private messages. I mean, holy crap. Holy yeah. crap. Here's another thing. Now, go ahead. Now, you, you go ahead. Let me ask you this. Go ahead. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Because one of the things that they say, that Facebook says in that article is, everyone has been told that they would be doing that. So when you click on a link that someone sends you in a direct message, do you ever read what it says before they send you there? They tell you you're leaving Facebook. Do you ever read what it says there? No, I don't. You do, though. Because what, uh, yes, I do. And what it tells you is that you're allowing that website to have access to your Facebook messaging messenger application. Holy shit. So Facebook has been telling people this for at least, I want to say, as far as my memory goes back, probably nine months to a year. So it's, it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. It's like I get, you know, people will say, oh, you should play this game, and I start downloading the game, and then I get to the installer, and they're like, this game needs to have access to the following things in order to, to work properly. No. And I look at it, and I go, no, you don't need to know my location. No, you don't need to know this. You don't need to know that. You don't need, you know. And if there's more than three things I disagree with them needing to know, I don't need to play that game. Yeah. But the the notion that um, they have access to conversations that I have that are very deep and personal. Um, because yeah. the thing is, is that this Saturday and Sunday, Carol and I were in the kitchen where we have Alexa. And we were talking about um, what kind of coffee maker, and she was hung up on getting this new coffee maker. And and she said the name a couple of times. And I said, mm -hmm. oh, well, if you want to get one that looks the most diesel punk, then get the one that's most diesel punk. That's great. That's awesome. I sit down on my laptop in the same chair where I'm sitting now, at the at, you know, sitting at my homemade desk, and I open up Facebook, and there are ads for the coffee maker we were just talking about in the next room. Yep. I have never... I do not have Alexa. I do not have the Google thing. I don't have any any of that stuff that listens in and waits for you to ask a question. I don't have any of that stuff in my house. 
I have. They always say, well, they're not listening. They're, list, they're only listening for keywords. Yeah, those keywords are any product name. Yeah. I have, ne I have never searched online for any of these pro for, for any I I've never even heard of this coffee maker until Carol mentioned it. No. That's some scary shit. Well, it, it's what it boils down to is all about the the algorithm. I think I mentioned in the last show is one isolated incident of that is not a big deal. Even two or three is not that big of a deal. How many people out there are going to be looking for that coffee maker? Probably hundreds of thousands. Right or at least out, but then you combine that with okay, well, how many of those people are also discussing these other things or these other products? The fact that you mentioned diesel pump in that conversation, and you know all of that stuff just in that one conversation all adds up to a, a little profile of you and your interests and things that you like. No, and that's how you always end up with these radical things like. Oh, people who like you go on Amazon and you, you look at some products. People who shop this also also looked at these products. No, they did. They're drawing that list based on not just your shopping habits and other people's shopping habits, but any other information they've garnered about you, which includes conversations you've had on uh, on Facebook. Depending on the company, I think Amazon does have. Google will never admit it, but Amazon does does advertise a lot with Google, so probably any direct messaging chats you have in Google Hangout, um, anything that you've discussed in an email in Google. The other thing people forget is that email is not a letter. It is not sealed in an envelope and sent to the destination no. where it is illegal for anyone to read it. It's a postcard. So anyone who gets their hands on your email can read everything in that email. Is how you know we ended up with big pics of Anthony Weiner. So I yeah, I did not need to know that. Did not need to hear that. <laughs> it's funny how Anthony Weiner <laughs> shows up on our podcast often. Politician in U.S. history. I mean, you can't make things like that up. No, no, but it but it it it, it is genuinely scary and terrifying by the notion. That Alexa is listening to our conversations, and there are ads for products that we were just talking about in the kitchen showing up on my Facebook feed. Now, what scares me is not that they're doing that. What scares me is that there are people who notice that and say, "Oh, that's awesome." I don't. They know. actually think that's a convenience for them. Yeah. You know. Oh, we are just talking about that in the ads right here. Oh, that's great. And they don't ever place the one plus one because you get the two. Or if they do, they think that's a wonderful feature of the product. To those people, I say, go ahead, knock yourself out. Me, I'd rather type in what the fuck I'm looking for into a search engine and then pull it up my damn self. Because even that's going to be tracked. Yeah. Anything you get for free has to be paid for. The internet's expensive as hell to run. And to have a website the size of Google... Where do they think Google's making all of these millions and billions of dollars from, for fuck's sake? I don't know, Jay. I don't know what oh, to it's say. All the advertising. No, I know. I know it is. I just, I don't know how. I just don't know how to look at that and say, "Oh, yeah, that that seems great. That's that's like a that's a great idea." 
I don't understand how you can look at that and not be deeply concerned. Well, because we, people don't think deep on topics, right? That's how we ended up with the choice in this last presidential election between Donald fucking Trump and Hillary fucking Clinton, right? I don't... I was actually talking about this last night with, with a friend of mine, and how is it we end up with choices like that? I mean, even... John McCain and Barack Obama, I felt both of them really wanted what they thought was best for the nation. Yeah. Whereas in all of the things I read about what Hillary Clinton said, what, what Donald Trump said, all of the debates that I watched, all of the town hall meetings that I saw, I never got the impression either one of them gave a fuck, one flying fuck about what, how they can improve the country. In spite of the rhetoric, deep down, I thought they both only wanted to know what they could do as president. And it had nothing to do with what is best for the country. It's what they could do as president. And that's an important distinction. And we only have ourselves to blame. We vote in the candidates. We vote in all of that people, all of those people. And everyone out there who doesn't pay attention to the, to the politics, they go, they don't know who their representative is in the U.S. House of Representatives, or they're not paying attention to how their senators are voting. Joy Behar said a couple of days ago that the only reason why the Republicans got hold of, remained control of the Senate was because of gerrymandering. Gerrymandering isn't a thing that affects the Senate in any way, shape, or form, because <laughs> senators are elected statewide. Yeah. How the fuck is gerrymandering having any effect on that? That's like saying the only reason why gas is so expensive is because people put tires on their cars. What? Exactly. Uh, and I and I do listen to a lot of podcasts from other people who would who don't ordinarily agree with me. I listen to these people and because I I like to, I like to know how the case against me is going to be prosecuted. And one of the things that yeah. I had I heard is on the Joe Rogan show, he had somebody a couple of days ago or last week, and he was talking about, you know, mathematical pro probabilities and all like that, talking about, and, you know, talking about how math is being used in politics and whatever. And he, and he was addressing the fact that why, yes, there is voter fraud and voter suppression. There are all these games that are being played that are keeping certain people from voting in certain elections, in certain primaries. And the thing is, is that if you think it's only one side that does this, you're an idiot. You're an idiot right. if you think that this is something that only the evil side does. You're an idiot. Right. You're an idiot exactly. if you think that only Republicans rig elections. You're an idiot if you think only Democrats rig elections. Here in Absolutely. Ringe, New, in here in Ringe, New Hampshire, we had a snowstorm where, and it was looking like people were not going to be able to make it to the polls. And the town administrator had the town clerk run off a bunch of uh, photocopies of the ballot and said, "Here, just vote now. Vote here. Vote now." Totally illegal. Completely, totally illegal. One of these people was a Republican. One of these people were a Democrat. And the, the, the primary that we had, I think it was back in March, 
it was such a mess. We actually had to do a a a, 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 a vote count, a recount, and I was there. I was a part of it. I left halfway through it when I realized this is the most effed up, screwed up thing I have ever seen in my life. We actually had either the attorney general uh, of the state or the district attorney from the state, and he was there. I have no idea. And it, it, he looked like he looked he looked like he was a deer in the headlights, and it was just like I can't be a part of this. After they after they counted the votes once, and they were off by a couple of thousand votes, they had more votes than they should have. This is effed, and they're going to keep counting. And the per, the people involved, the town administrator, she got a slap on the wrist, and she threw the town clerk. Her butt was under the bus, and it was like you look yep. at that, and it was just like. That was, that was a rigged primary here in New Hampshire. A couple of days later, there's some jerk wagon who had posted on Facebook, oh, there's, there's, there's no voter fraud in New Hampshire. This guy doesn't even live in the state. He's convinced yeah. that there's no such thing as, as voter suppression or voter fraud here in New Hampshire. How would you know? How does this person yeah. know? I, and I get angry about this a lot. Whereas it's like there are... Our, 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 our good friend Anthony, who had sent us a link for a topic that I think we're going to talk about later today, he was in a conversation with somebody who essentially, Anthony, the, the person who was arguing, quote, arguing with Anthony, had said, kept saying over and over again, yes, yes, I, I know you're agreeing with me, but you're not agreeing with me for the right reason. You need to agree with me for the right reason. That makes no sense at all. They both came to the same conclusion, but Anthony's a bad guy because he didn't come to the conclusion for the right reasons. The right Makes no fun, no sense. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And increasingly, our politics are getting more and more to the point where it's not that you disagree with the other person. It's getting to the point now where you don't even want to hear what the other person has to say. You don't even want to hear it. You don't want to know what they have to say. You're only... I mean, two years ago, three years ago, my complaint was they're only listening so they can find, so that they can catch you with a key phrase that they can then attack, use to attack you because that to them means something different than it means to you and they don't want to hear what your interpretation of it is. You know? And I love it when people tell me what I believe. I love it when people tell yeah. me what my opinion is. Because I kind of thought my own head determined what my opinion was and what my thought process was. But apparently... No, they know me better than I know myself. Oh, yeah, that's so, crazy. Yeah. You know, oh, you like guns. You must you must hate women. I'm like, no, actually, I find women, especially women holding guns, to be incredibly sexy. It's a powerful thing for me. But, yeah, okay, whatever. You don't want to listen to my reasons behind what I think. You're, you're not, you've already formed your opinion, and your opinion is now ironclad without me. And regardless of what I can say or do to prove otherwise, you're going to ignore any of that evidence because you don't want to hear my opinion. And that's where discussion ends and the discourse ends. And that is why, unless we change something within ourselves, and when I say we, I mean every single person in the country, unless and until we start admitting to ourselves we might be wrong on a regular basis, Yeah. 
our politics are only get, going to get more and more divisive. There's going to get less and less that's going to be getting done at the national level. And that is, we're looking at the, the beginning of a downward slide to the end oh, of yeah. the United States. Here's the news item that Anthony had posted that's on our Metaphysical Connection page on Facebook. People with extreme political views cannot tell when they are wrong, study finds. Right. And unfortunately, I agree with that, but I don't think it's just extreme political views. I think it's... It, it, in other words, when they, when they say extreme political views, everyone thinks the far right or the far left. But I think when they say extreme, as I understand it, they're talking about people who feel strongly about their politics. It's not that you're a white supremacist. It's not that you're Antifa. It's that you feel so strongly about your politics, you're not willing to entertain the thought you might be wrong. Or you might be misinformed. And that's being, that is, I mean, I work in the tech field. Yeah. I have to assume I'm wrong. That the only way I'm going to learn is by assuming that I know what I know, but it's possible that I'm thinking it, I'm understanding it incorrectly. Yeah. So that's just, yeah, it's just scary. It go, it makes, and it also makes me crazy how we always <laughs> get sidelined. <laughs> Two other stories I wanted to share with you right now. This is one that we actually had in the queue. We net we didn't get we we didn't get to it though. Um, yeah. Ancient ru ruins older than the pyramids discovered in Canada. A a a researcher at the site said, "I remember when we got the dates back, and we just said, holy moly, this is old.' And there's a a great okay, picture. Can you just admit that they didn't say holy moly? They, I, they didn't say. They, they well, they're Canadians. More along the lines of holy shit. No, no, they're Canadians, or... eh? I bet you they did say holy moly. Fucking oh, Canadians. I, I, I'm. It's hard to get a Canadian to swear and lose his temper. It's kind of funny because they uh, do. I've, I've done it. Canadians <laughs> do have a reputation of being overly polite, and that's what I like about them, eh? They're very, they're very polite to lose everything. Um. And, and and listening to this, they they looked at it, and it is three times older than the pyramids. And they're and they're digging around here, and it, and and uh, I'm not saying that it's an ancient, advanced civilization, but it's it's pretty damn old, Jay. Um, well, hold on, say that figure again. How many times older? Three times older. Three times older this, than the Egyptians. There's, there was a civilization in Canada that is three times older than the pyramids. We just don't know how advanced they were. So the pyramids, the, correct me if I'm wrong on this, the pyramids, the pyramids were built in what? 3,000 BC? Let's type this up. How old are the Of course, I have to spell pyramids wrong. Of course you Because I'm looking over your shoulder. Uh, let's see. The Egyptians built them in a span of 85 years between 2589 and 2504 BC. Close to 3,000 years old. No, 4,000 years old. Okay, so 4,500 years old. And three times that is, according to my math, somewhere around 13,500 yeah. years old. Yeah. 
shit, dude. Yeah, that's all. Oh, that's the Americas were not supposed to have been populated until after, like, that's four thousand years before they thought people came across the land bridge into the Americas. Yeah, that's four thousand years before that. So they thought people crossed over the land bridge in around ten thousand or around eight thousand BC, and I keep hearing that ten thousand year number that people have only been on the Americas for around 10,000 years. And this is another 3,500 years prior to that. There is a incredible... I wonder how soon it's going to be before they say that while their testing was corrupted or... It's inevitable. It's inevitable when somebody is going to come out and they're going to say, uh, "No, no, that's the, the the test was wrong." Because we have these we have these textbooks that that, that students are using now in universities that say otherwise. <laughs> you know, um, uh, it's new and, and yet we wonder why people can't admit when they're wrong. We, yeah, didn't we just say something like this? Um, and there's a re- review of this book on the Fedora Chronicles. That I think it's. I think the review now is is maybe five years old. Uh, the Lost Civilization Enigma: A New Inquiry into the Existence of Ancient Cities, Cultures, and Peoples Who Predated Recorded History. And like I said, Phil Copens, and it's probably. It's a scary book, and it kept me up at nights after I read this because there's the entire notion that there was a, an advanced civilization here on Earth more than 150,000 years ago that is unlike anything that we could possibly imagine, far more advanced than, than science, current dogma tells us. And a lot right. of people gave me a rational... It's like the Graham Hancock thing, right? Uh, yeah, it, it, it's along the lines of the Graham, Graham Hancock theory. And a lot of people had said to me, oh, it's like, oh, don't don't read this, don't read this crap, because it's... And and um, we got into a huge fight over, over the review of this book over on... Uh, one of one of our Facebook groups, and somebody wound up quitting because I said, "Look, I'm not saying this is what actually happened. I, I here is a review of a book that I that I I read this book. I wrote this review. This is what Phil Copen said. Here's some of the evidence that he backed up. Here are some of these links. And people, some one person in particular lost his mind because I had posted a link." to a review about lost ancient civilizations that are slowly being uncovered on an Indiana Jones fan group page. And it was just like, the idea that it was like, you have it in your head. You have it in your head that this thing is going on. You have it in your head that this is, this is the timeline that academia is pushing forward. And because this is the timeline academia is pushing forward, it's sacrosanct. You can't look at it and say, no, I don't think so. Right. And and the thing that I I always question is, you know, they've they've poo pooed uh uh what is it? Goble Tepeki Goble, Goble Tepeki, yep. whatever it is. Yep. Over there in Turkey. They've poo pooed that. And that's along the same time age-wise as that site in Canada, yeah. if I'm remembering correctly. Um, they poo-pooed that. Now, it's going to be a matter of time before they poo-poo this place in Canada. Sure. Especially because it's in Canada. Right. If they had two sites that were in Turkey or the Tigris-Euphrates area, you know, the cradle of civilization, then 
they would be willing to consider possibly adjusting their timeline a little bit. But the fact that it's in Canada, they're disqualifying it as an outlier. Yeah. You know, you know it's going to happen. And what I wonder about is how often do things like that happen? Because this is the time of the Internet where I can read a local newspaper from freaking small town, podunk town in Uganda, yep. for example. And it's nuts because we have all this information available to us. So they're going to discount it. We know that. Yeah. It's just a matter of time and how they're going to discount it. We know they're going to discount it. But how many times has it come up in the 1910s, in the 1940s, in the 1950s, in the 1970s? How many times has it come up, even in going back to the 1800s, where you essentially had a few organizations, whether they're universities or someplace like the Smithsonian or whatever, where they've actively dismissed something because it doesn't fit within their previously defined paradigm. Yeah, that's what they do. What our history is. Sure. I'm sh- uh, yeah, I'm I'm sure. I'm sure that we are going to have one of these um, accredited professional intellectuals who have no degree whatsoever in archaeology or anthropology post somewhere that this is wrong. Oh, of course. And, it's, and that's going to be taken by the majority of the scientific community as, oh, well, okay. Yeah. Well, see, when they did their carbon dating, they forgot the fact that they're using carbon-23 instead of carbon-14. That ages differently with the radioactive isotope or whatever, whatever they're going to use. And yet it's the same exact test that they've used to date the pyramid, or a more modern to-date version of it. I think that there is something to be said about the mindset of these people who don't seem to think that there are any new discoveries to be made in the in the world of archaeology. There's something to be said about those people who will just not accept the fact that we do not know everything that happened 100,000 years ago here on Earth. Well, to me, the more interesting thing is what does it say about those people? Because I like thinking that there are things out there that we do not know. I like thinking that there's parts of this earth that are still unexplored, that parts of science we don't fully understand. And the more advanced in technology and in in the study of the sciences that um, the people that are operating at that level that I know tend to be the kind of people who are more willing to say, oh yeah, we barely know shit. And I love that. Yeah. I love that because it means there's still so much more potential to be had. Yeah. More discoveries to be made. There's the notion that we do not know everything that there is to know on certain subjects. And that I'm okay with that. I'm actually excited about that. I'm Because the thing is, is that since there are things that we don't know about and we're still exploring these new realms of science... And we can say, hey, we don't know about that. We just made this discovery this week. Hey, that gives us an excuse to have a podcast this week. Yay! <laughs> that's, but that's, I mean, that's another fascinating story. Whereas in Canada, there was some kind of a civilization that predated the pyramids by 3,000 years. I'm going to move on to this other one here. Um, a year ago today, um, Roger Marsh published 
uh, his paper under 500 feet triangle ufos maintain elusive nature uh and there's of course there's a link to it and the thing is like he talks about the rash of triangle shaped ufos all over um uh, north america and he postulates that the that these sightings have one of two possible sources it's either man-made it's either a an advanced flight system that we're not aware of that the that that are that's being built here in the united states or canada somewhere in here in the united states north america or it's of alien nature and it's an interesting paper where it's like he he basically lays out the possibility that there are um there are there are a lot of things out there that they whoever they are working on we don't have any idea what they're working on we have no idea what Boeing Skunk Works is doing this year it's all tops it's above top secret it's ultra yeah. top secret um and we have to accept the fact we have to accept the fact that they are playing with technologies that we're not aware of Right, and that I, I'm actually kind of okay with that. I mean, I do find I do find the the idea that we can't make any advances without there being some sort of alien technology that we can reverse engineer. I find that idea, frankly, frankly insulting. I think you know I'm a huge proponent of the power of the American of the human imagination, and I think it's just really insulting to say, well, we there's no way we could have come up with like rocket science all on our own. Yeah. Dude, you don't say that about baking fucking bread. I mean, who the hell came up with the concept of I'm gonna take the shit that came out of that chicken's ass and <laughs> take that plant. I'm gonna take that plant. I'm gonna grind all that shit together, add in some of the stuff leaking from that cow's tit, and then I'm gonna bake it. Yep. Who the fuck came up with that? Yeah. And yet we all eat bread. And we don't even give it a second thought. I mean, I'm sure that there's a possibility that it's all a happy accident. I'm sure it is. I mean, there's a possibility that it was an all a, a happy accident. Um, right. Well, I'm sure it was something like they, you know, they were eating eggs and then they saw, you know, animals eating this plant. So then they mixed the eggs with that plant just because fuck, it's convenient. And you know what I mean? I'm sure it was a process that evolved over decades, centuries, however long it took. But the point is, is that we got to that point by doing a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. How many times have you heard, especially in like the space exploration industry, where they talk about standing on the shoulders of giants and, you know, we're all working with things that are the result of the people who have come before us and explored in this area. Yeah. And I think it's entirely possible for us to have come up with everything we've done without the benefit of there being alien technology oh, yeah, that we yeah. unearthed and, and reverse engineered. Guys, I mean, I'm going to get this back to Phil Copen's book. And Phil Copen's mm -hmm. wrote two books almost simultaneously, The Ancient Civilization Enigma and The Ancient Alien Enigma. And he looks at um, the problems that archaeology has with a lot of things that should not exist but do. And they're older than they should be. Mm 
and the in his his premise of ancient alien civilization is that if you look at all these things you have to accept the fact that there was some kind of alien intervention that is the best way to look at these problems that archaeology and anthropology has and you could just shrug it off and just say aliens that's the thesis of this one book in the ancient civilization book he said same exact problems same exact issues things that exist but shouldn't and his thesis is you have to accept the fact that these things yes they exist and the only way that you could explain these things is not ancient aliens but by ancient human civilizations that were far more advanced than we could have ever imagined and they were somehow wiped out by some kind of quote big flood unquote some horrible cataclysm that's the only way that you could explain a lot of these things there was an there was a human civilization here on earth that was far more advanced than scholars say they were and that's it and, and you have to it's either one or the other jay well I, I, whenever people say it's one or the other, I usually try and take the middle road because it's probably a combination of both, right? The truth of the matter is that um, the sacking of the library at Alexandria from yeah. two or three articles that I've read, they think it may have set us back a thousand years. In other words, we could or actually more. have colonies on Mars right now if they hadn't sacked the library at Alexandria and burned all of that ancient knowledge. Right. That doesn't mean we would have rocket power and we would have internal combustion. It may be a different sort of technology. Yeah. But there's if, if if that one event set us back a thousand years for burning one library, think about what we lost with the practice of European colonization and the uh, the way they persecuted and prosecuted and downright exterminated all of these tribes of people, not just here in the Americas, but also in Africa, and in the Indian subcontinent, and all of these places where they had these strong oral traditions, and they just wiped them out, just converted, because, you know, you don't pray to the same God I do. Yeah. How much, it, how much knowledge did we lose that way? How much knowledge have we lost over the years because of our stupid practices that we have? There are, and, yeah, there, there are certain sects of certain religions that despises modernity, that they despise anything that's modern, and everything that's modern needs to be uh, purged. And that's the reason why we are sort of stuck in this perpetual loop. Um, and how, how come we're not advancing? There, I said it. I'm not saying it's it's every religion. I'm saying it's specific sects of religions. Yeah. What a great way to kill a conversation. It's, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's. Um, I mean, it's. It's. I think it's important to say that it's, I, I don't even think it's sect. I think it's more the people in charge of those sects more than anything else. Um, a lot of people like to be led. They don't like to lead. There's something intimidating about it. And because of that, you get the wrong person who's just charismatic enough 
and just persuasive enough and able to get followers. And then next thing you know, you end up with the Spanish Inquisition or Nazi Germany or, you know, Pol Pot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, it just kind of, it's, it's a little scary to think about what could we know now that we don't had certain events not happened in history? You know, and, and for all we know, that book may be exactly on target. And, you know, maybe we have been visited by aliens in the past. Maybe we've learned some things from them, and then everything else has come from our own imagination. And then we've had these cataclysmic events happen where, whether it was some form of huge war or some sort of economic catastrophe or whatever that caused us to effectively regress. I mean, look what happened during the Dark Ages, right? How much knowledge did we lose during the Dark Ages? And then it required the Enlightenment to happen for us to recover from it. And I think that's just part of human nature. It's part of the cycle of human society, as pitiful as it sounds. Yeah. It's terrifying. It's it's well, it's terrifying to think about how much we lost during like the purge of uh, the Library of Alexandria, and then it's terrifying again to think about how um, it's terrifying how we're going to lose everything again because our civilization is is a is once again on a collision course. Something awful could happen. Well, there could be look. There could be an electromagnetic burst over North America, and it would wipe out all electronic devices and, elect and storage mediums. And it could take us 10, 20, 100 years to try and figure out how, well, how, how do we access that information or start all over again. I don't know what to say. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to posit two thoughts. Okay. Both of these have equal occurrence or equal, equal chance of happening. Your grandchildren's grandchildren could be working on colonies in the asteroid belt, mining materials from them that we then use to help power interstellar travel. That could be your grandchildren's grandchildren. Yeah. Your grandchildren's grandchildren could also be living in wooden huts and not understand what all of these big, huge buildings are with the see-through rock that is stuck inside of them. Both of those have an equal occurrence of happening. We could go, if we continue to advance our technology at the rate that we've been advancing since the beginning of the 20th century, the 20th century, we went from no manned flight, no powered flight. Yeah to at the end of the 20th century, we had reusable spacecraft that were flying fairly regularly that yeah. we had retired because they had gotten so old. And we kept, we stopped building new ones as well. That's the thing that I still don't understand. Well, it expense, whatever. But look at that span of technology. We didn't have the concept of a computer in the beginning of the 20th century. We had the internet by the end of it. Yeah. Now, we, if we follow that, going through to the end of the 21st century and the dawn of the 22nd century, that could be, that's your grandchildren's grandchildren. Right. Right? 
and they could be they could be out in space, or we could have fucked things up so bad that a new dark ages hits, and they're running around with you know using sticks to beat each other up with again. Maybe they'll have metal, probably not glass. Right. You know, both of those have the same odds of occurring. Yeah. And it all depends on the individual decisions that each one of us make every day. I think that there are some people who are making decisions far above our pay grade that are able to make decisions for the rest of us. And there's no way to stop them. There's no way for me to rush into Congress and say, don't pass this bill, don't pass this bill, you know, or there's no way for me to keep a crazy president from pushing the big red button. And I know that there's really no big red button, but I'm just, we all, it's a metaphor, obviously. There's nothing that I can do to stop certain people who are in charge, who have a wall built up around them, and for good reason. There are, but, mm-hmm. but the thing is, is that they can make decisions for all of us, and there's no way to say, this is not a good idea. This is not, I, I don't do this thing that you're about to do, because the consequences are so dreadful. This is one of the, uh, this is a topic that I know that we wanted to, to touch upon later. Like, like, one of the things that really scared the hell out of, of Jack Kennedy and caused him to go down a path that a lot of people did not want him to go down. The Cuban Missile Crisis brought us to the brink of extinction. We almost killed ourselves, the Soviets and the Americans. We almost literally destroyed the Earth with a limited nuclear exchange, which would have had catastrophic advance on civilization and the environment and and the whole blah, blah, blah. There's nothing I could do. There's nothing any of us could have done to stop that. That's a freight train that almost jumped the tracks and we could not physically keep that from not jumping the tracks as it were. And I think that there's there's sort of like this issue, this mindset that people have whereas, oh hey, we can we can all band together and join the join the yes, but we have to stop fighting over stupid stuff. We really do. Right. We have more. We have more technology. We have more access to information than we could possibly imagine. And there are people out there who are brokenhearted today because Kim Kardashian and her sisters are going to stop using social media platforms like Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and focusing on um, uh, becoming more private people and focusing more on their companies. There are people devastated because they're not going to get their fix of Kim Kardashian every day it's that mindset i think that's going to destroy the the world the notion whereas you need to follow celebrities every day celebrity worship and and yeah. and, and, and every day every waking moment you need to tweet about how much you hate donald trump and you need to post on facebook Every little thing that Donald Trump does is somehow bad and evil. And, and, and for the past eight years, you know, before he took office, everything was about how awful Barack Obama was and how Barack Obama is going to destroy the world. Everything that Barack Obama does is evil. And it was like nobody, not enough people, go to town meetings to see what your local administrators are doing. Not enough people go to school board meetings to talk about what kids are being taught in school, what's in the textbooks, 
Nobody cares. And if they do care, they're so tired and exhausted from working all of these jobs and, and commuting long distances, working these long hours. They don't have the time or the energy to go to these meetings. You go, I, occasionally, I will go to these town meetings or these school board meetings, and I'm like one of six people show up, and I'm the youngest. Yeah. Everybody who goes to these town meetings, they go because they're they're retired and they have nothing else to do. There yeah. are so many of these meetings that people don't show up. And, and government and, and those and, are the meetings where your voice matters the most. You can send a hundred thousand letters to Congress and it won't be more than a drop in the bucket. But you go to a local town meeting and you voice your opinion, it will be heard. It will be considered because that is the closest form of government to you and people don't participate in it yeah they'd rather bitch about the federal government than go and participate in local government and that's it's a travesty it is oh my gosh what just we, ah! we got off the <laughs> well let's move on here again i think we i think we actually talked about this ad nauseum in a roundabout way. Uh, NBC News did this news item. Uh, why this NASA scientist wants more aggressive search for space aliens. <laughs> Experts may have been too quick to discount the possibility that UFOs have paid Earth a visit. Yes, UFOs have paid Earth a visit. The reason why we call them UFOs is because they're unidentified flying objects, and we don't know where they came from. People have stories, thoughts, ideas. They've made these claims, but you know we don't know. Um, yeah. And I'm and so this Silverano Columbio, a computer expert in robotics, a roboticist at NASA Ames Research Center in the heart of Silicon Valley is saying that we need to look outwards and inwards. There's also another great book out there called The The Sagan Conspiracy, where early on in Carl Sagan's career, he had said something similar, that we actually need to start looking at our religious holy texts and see, hey, are they really talking about angels and demons? Chariots from, yeah. from you know sky chariots or are they talking about ufos he literally said we need to have a serious conversation about this right and it it's so frustrating because you can have these discussions you can you can actually talk about these things and entertain these thoughts without necessarily believing them but when you bring them up to most people they just look at you like you have three heads. Yeah. Well, why would you say that? What's wrong with you? You know what I mean? And yet, if we truly want to understand the world we live in and the universe that it occupies, we have to be willing to entertain those thoughts. Yeah. You know? Do I think that, you know, um, there's a precursor race out there that seeded the Earth and that's why, you know, we we can find similarities between humanity and, and primates, but we can't ever find the missing link. It may be it's possible. 
is it do I think it's possible that there is a super supreme being somewhere that created the earth and organized it and then created people and plants and animals and everything in it? Yeah. It's just as likely as a precursor race. Why not? Exactly. You know? And why do we have to have a line of separation between the two? What is to say that the being that we consider to be God isn't some form of alien precursor race? Yeah. There's enough similarities between the two. I find it hilarious when people who are hard science will say, you know, oh, the whole concept of there was nothing and then there was God and then God created everything out of nothing is complete bullshit. And then you look at them and you say, okay, so... All of a, there was nothing, then all of a sudden that nothing exploded and then was everything? Yeah. That's okay? That's tough, Jay. Yeah. Religion and science has a lot more in common than people are willing to contemplate. It's, it, it's, it's striking to me about how... I think that a lot of people are sort of like saying that there should be some way that we can have these conversations. And you and I, you and I are an echo chamber, so I, I don't know if, if, if we actually count or not. But the thing is, is that there's, there are so many people who seem to think that it has to be one or the other and it can't be both. Right. There are so many people who seem to think that it you have to either believe in a, high, a you know believe in god higher power you have to you know you have to be a christian muslim jew whatever or you can be like you can be like me who somebody who believes in the supernatural the paranormal and maybe maybe the bible or these holy books are just trying to explain these extraordinary events using the vocabulary that they had at the time and they didn't understand the whole idea of people coming from other stars or other dimensions this is the best way that they could have described what had happened um and there's that and there's very few people like you who seem to think that you can have both you can have you know who maybe maybe aliens believe that there is a god or a higher power there is an advanced life form that did seed the universe i mean who knows who knows because they're not talking yet and for good reason but i do think that it's like if people if nasa scientists are coming out and openly saying we should like be taking this a lot more seriously looking at what's going on i think that that's astounding i agree i agree and it's it's worth noting I mean, you've got NASA scientists who are saying, hey, we need to really look at, do we want to start, are we prepared as a society to start colonizing? We've got also NASA scientists saying that we need to really seriously consider that we have been visited by alien intelligent life. And it's, to me, if they're experts in their field, shouldn't we maybe listen to them? Yeah. Isn't that why we have experts in the field so that they know more than we do and then we pay attention to them when they say shit but that was the point but yeah. I actually have to get going man see this is what happens because we have two more show show topics no I'm kidding that's all we got that's that's all we had <laughs> That's all we had. Did we actually cover everything? This you time? know what? I I picked out three interesting news items that I thought that yeah we should do it. We should we should just stick to these news topics. 
And oh it, my gosh! And we covered it all with only a lot of minor <laughs> variations yep. and sidetracks. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yeah, we're getting better at this. Oh, we are. All right, Jay. Oh, by the way, <laughs> oh mailbag, mailbag, mailbag. So the Fedora Chronicles. This is mailed to I the want to Fedora thank my Chronicles. Mom for sending the email. We appreciate it. Yeah, it says this is this is it. Dear Eric. One of the real joys during this time of the year is the opportunity to say thank you. We wish you and your family a holiday season filled with joy and peace and a new year full of prosperity and hope. Best wishes, your local Ford dealership. <laughs> yes! Yes! But anyway... Hand mills, awesome. <laughs> hang on here. I do have a real letter, though. This is the letter here, and I'm a little choked up here. This is from, it's from Anonymous. He or she didn't sign it. Jason Cousineau and the Paranormal News of the Week is the best thing to happen to this podcast. He's a wonderful addition to this team. Eric Fisk is still a filthy, rotten little bastard. His father did not have any health insurance in 1974, and he failed fourth grade math. Is that your mom? Is that your mom? I guess. I, I don't know who, I don't know who who would have those details. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> okay, Jay. Oh man. All, All right. right. So by the way, this is gonna this is the last podcast that we're going to record on the metaphysical connection until Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, and Merry Christmas to everyone that listens. All twelve of you. Exactly. Everyone. We enjoy all our our dozens of hardcore fans. All right, Jay. See you next time. Have a good one, Eric. Bye, pal. This has been the Metaphysical Connection podcast from the Fedora Chronicles Network. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, or Player FM. You can find our podcast via your Apple, Android, or Windows devices using those services and more. If your favorite podcast service or program doesn't feature us, let us know by shooting us an email via info at thefedorachronicles.com. You can be a part of the Metaphysical Connection by subscribing to the Fedora Chronicles Network on Twitter through at Fedora Chronicle. There you will find Jazz Era Counterculture, Vintage Threads, Lost History, Conspiracies, The Paranormal, and Space News. You can also join our Facebook group at facebook.com groups The Metaphysical Connection. Both platforms are great ways to join our growing community, connect with other friends of the show, and find out what's coming up in next week's episode. Most importantly, you can support the show by hitting the Patreon button on all of our show pages, metaphysicalpodcast.com. Patreons of the show get specials such as getting the podcast a day before the rest of the audience, heads up about future episodes, and other exclusives. Want some Metaphysical Connection swag of your own? Get your own damn Metaphysical Connection coffee mugs, t-shirts, keychains, and barbecue aprons at our Zazzle page. My house is full of them, yours should be too. Find them at www.zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. Don't forget to check out our show sponsor, the Trinity Whip Company. Traditionally made kangaroo whips, top quality craftsmanship, and form as well as function. Handcrafted by Blake Brunning. 
find his products at www.trinitywhipco.com. This is Carol Fisk thanking you for listening and signing off. Until next time, keep your chin up and your bra, excuse me, fedora on. <laughs>